Hey there, I'm Rianne Mullins, and I'm the host of the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. 15 years ago, I lost 65 pounds by revamping my lifestyle in a very realistic and totally manageable way. Now, I teach other women how to ditch the yo-yo dieting cycle and start living a balanced, fit, and happy life through real food, effective exercise, and a powerful mindset. Each week, I'll be popping into your ears to teach you how you, too, can live a balanced and fit life free from unrealistic diets and crazy expectations. Let's go. Hey guys, it's Coach Ray and welcome back to the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. We are just jumping right in today. So I want to tell you today about a book that really changed my mindset and essentially my life. It's called The Four Agreements. This was the first mindset book I had ever read. In 2013, I had joined a group called The Best of You Group, and all the ladies in the group were talking about this book, The Four Agreements. Since this was my first real glimpse into the world of self-help outside of you know physical health, like nutrition and exercise, I was a little embarrassed because I didn't even know what they were talking about. So I promptly ordered the book. And, and wow, I loved it. It resonated with me and it made so much sense. This one book totally changed how I looked at life, how I looked at failure and how I treat myself. This started a whole new part of my life and even my business. I had not read this type of book yet because honestly, I was a little opposed to them. My dad was, um, I guess you could say a little eccentric, or at least that's what I thought at the time, but he would read these self-help books and then he would preach them to everyone around him. Like he would talk nonstop about it. And what he would talk about would, you know, coincide with whatever book he had had been reading recently. And so my mom would tell me that he was totally full of shit. So I believed that he was. Like, even though I thought he was funny and you could tell he was really passionate and he was saying things that really made sense to me, but because my mom said he was full of shit, I believed that because she was my person. She was the parent that I was attached to, you know, stuck like glue to. So anything she said was what became truth to me. But when I think back, my dad actually was truly trying to live by the words in many of the books that he read, you know? And at the time, you know, at the time he was really trying to live that way. But looking back, I just didn't know better. I just thought he was being weird and crazy, like my mom said, because she said that. But fast forward to me being an adult and one that loves to read self-improvement books and helps others improve their outlook on life, I can see that my mom just didn't want to hear it. So it was easier for her to say he was a quack. And honestly, a lot of the stuff that my dad would talk about, I now appreciate and understand. I just have a different way of telling people about it than he did. So, you know, there's so many things I would do now if both of my parents were here. One, I would absolutely love to have a conversation with my dad about nutrition and health and this whole self-help improvement world. I would love to talk to him about manifestation and the law of attraction. And I would love to tell him what I know and compare notes with him. I think it would be a really interesting conversation and so fun. And the second thing I would do if I could, and I did try before, but not as hard as I wish I would have, is I would love to help my mom heal from her wounds from my dad. She was so crushed by that man that she let it ruin her outlook on life. And she became skeptical and just, it was hard to get her to see the positive side of things. And 
And that's not totally true. She actually was very kind and sweet and she did a lot of really positive things. But there were certain parts of her that I wish I could have helped her like feel more positive so that she could have, you know, let that go into her physical life, which is what I help people with now. I help them see how their mindset blocks are preventing them or holding them back from being their best physical self. So I just wish I could do something about that now, but I can't. So that is why I'm so passionate about helping others. And, you know, I hope that the people I teach can then, you know, pay it forward to others. So anyway, I'm sorry, I got off track there for a minute. But if you haven't read the book, The Four Agreements, I will give you a rundown of the most important aspects of the book. And if you have read the book, it will be a good review. So if you haven't read it, even though I'm going to tell you about it, please still read it. Okay. There's a lot of stuff that I'm not going to talk about because, you know, we don't, I'm not going to sit here and read the book to you, but I think it's still worth your time and it's an easy, quick read. So I think I can honestly say it was one of the best books I've read. It's not written the most beautifully, but it is very impactful. So please do yourself a favor, get on, you know, Amazon. In fact, I will put a link in the show notes to the Amazon page to buy it. Okay. I'll make it that easy for you. All right. So the book, um, now it's been years since I've actually read the book. So that's why I just want to give you like kind of a review of the things I remember the most and what I got out of it. And then you can read it and see what you get out of it. And so it'd be fun then to, you know, compare notes on that. So anyway, the book starts out talking about all of the conditioning that we receive as we grow up. You know, we start out as a small child with no opinions or ideas. Okay. And remember, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, I did an inner child episode, inner child wounds. That would be a great one to go back to and listen to if you haven't listened to it. But it all kind of comes back to that. Okay. This book, but this was my first glimpse into that world. So anyway, we, you know, we come out of the womb as a complete fresh, clean slate. And over time, we learn the rituals and the traditions and the laws of our families. We learn to speak, how to walk, what to eat, what to think, what is right, what is wrong, according to our family, our school, and our government, and so many other things that we learn from our upbringing. Our parents, our environment, our friends, and everything else around us teaches us who we're supposed to be or what we're supposed to do, what is right, what is wrong, okay? So the author referred to this conditioning as the domestication of humans. You know, we don't choose any of these beliefs, right? They're all handed to us. We don't even choose our name. We're told what is right, what is wrong, what we're supposed to believe in and what, you know, what we can do and can't do. We are told basically what we're supposed to think, what is the truth, right? Remember, I just told you a few minutes ago that, you know, my mom, unfortunately, was telling me my dad was full of shit. So I believed her because I was told by an adult who was no longer married to this man that he was not right and that he was being weird. So I believed it. It was truth to me, right? Many people fight against these rules of domestication, but many are punished, right? And then eventually learn to just go with the rules. So there are people that fight against, you know, what their parents teach them or fight against what the government is saying, fight. We see this all the time, especially now, right? These days, especially, there's a lot going on in that. But eventually, you know, 
unfortunately for some people, the, the rules, the law, the government, it, it ends up winning most of the time because people finally give in, right? They either have to go to jail or they, there's so many like, different examples I can give here. But overall, this um, conditioning that we receive creates this image of perfection, right? Who is good, right? We start to believe that we need to be perfect or a specific way to be accepted and to be good enough in our society and around the people we're with. But this image or ideal is not even real. Like who says what perfect is supposed to look like? Who actually sets that bar, right? And when we believe that we need to be perfect or this certain way, we end up rejecting ourselves and this leads to suffering. Okay, does that totally make sense? Like, who says you have to be a size four in jeans and have, you know, like sleek abs and big boobs and blonde hair and blue, you know, blue eyes? I'm just using those as examples, by the way. But it's like, who says? Like, at what point? Because, you know, the way you look and the way you act, we're all different. We all have different needs and different desires and there's different cultures and different everything. So there there can't be a perfection image. There can't there just can't be. There's too many opinions and differences in the world to create this perfectionism. And so when we strive to be perfect, we can't be, right? We cannot achieve perfection. So all that does is make us feel like crap and it gives us suffering and then this constant search for perfectionism. Okay, so I, in my coaching, I work with a lot of people who just can't get it out of their head, their heads that they need to eat perfectly. They have to exercise perfectly. They have to look perfect. They have to wear the right, the right thing. They have to look a certain way. They have to wear the same thing they weighed in high school to be happy. They have to look like a supermodel or they're just gonna give up you know and when they can't achieve what they perceive as perfect they they just give up so then what happens when they give up they start going the other way and then they feel worse and worse and worse about themselves when really they could be great in so many ways but because they can't get to their perfection that they think is perfection or what whoever taught them perfection just because they can't get to that they feel like they've failed and so they totally give up. Okay, this drives me bonkers. <laughs> okay, this is what I want to help. You do not have to be perfect. Okay, so this book really talks about that. So many people, you know, let this conditioning completely direct their life. They make choices based on what they think is expected or best for them without really considering what they need or desire. This leads to feeling unfulfilled unhappy, and oftentimes physically ill. Okay. So like I was just saying, we see this in the world of like fashion, physical fitness, beauty. Okay. We feel like we need to be accepted in how we look. You know, how young do we look? We all get our hair, maybe not all of us, but get our hair dyed because God forbid you have gray hair. You don't want to look old, right? Or, you know, you don't want to you wear makeup because, you know, you don't want your age spots to show because somebody might not think you're pretty or you somebody might not think you're perfect. Okay. So, you know, this is all conditioning. Okay. And it can really make people feel miserable trying to keep up with society and what's expected of them. Okay. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm right there with that. I'm really having a hard time. I, I'm, 
it scares me a little bit to get older. I mean, I love a lot about it, a lot about it, to be honest, but some of it kind of scares me. And so, yeah, I am trying to fight it. I am trying to fight it with like dyeing my hair, you know, and I do wear makeup more now than I ever have in my life because there's more to hide. (laughs) But so I'm right there. I'm not saying that, you know, it's wrong to feel like that, but I mean, it is a conditioning. It's like, why do we even care? You know? So anyway, these agreements, okay, that's what these are. These are agreements that you are making with your family, your teachers, society, and yourself. When you follow along, you're agreeing to it, right? So whether you do or don't believe in it, when you when you start to respond to this conditioning, like for example, me dyeing my hair, right? I'm accepting the rules and laws of this like supposed society of don't get old, you know, or this, these supposed rules of like, it's not okay to get old because society says you need to look young and fresh all the time. Right. So, so the, what I love about this book is he's saying, and by the way, the author is Don Miguel Ruiz. He's saying the most important agreements that we can make in our lives are the ones that you make with yourself. Okay. And so, in fact, I got to tell you, revisiting this book and thinking about it, I've literally been like, gosh, what am I doing? This has been, and so right now, take a second before I tell you more. What are you doing right now that makes you unhappy, but you're doing it because you think you're expected to do it, right? Like, what are you doing? And and so, for example, me dyeing my hair. Do you know I have to go so much because I guess that's a good thing that my hair grows fast, but it drives me crazy. So like in less than six weeks, I have an inch of roots showing of gray hair, And it's ridiculous. It's expensive. It takes time. It's hard to get in an appointment. And I'm like, why am I doing this? Is it because I really want to? Or is it because of this expectation in the world that I'm not supposed to have gray hair yet? Right? So this is just one little thing. So where in your life are you doing things that you keep doing? Not because you really want to, not because you desire it, not because it feels good to you. Why are you doing it? You're doing it probably, you know, what are you doing that's making you that you've been conditioned to do? That's what I'm trying to say. Okay, so humans fear rejection. So we have learned to abide by these rules and society expectations so that we don't feel left out. Okay, this leads us to being something that we aren't. We may end up living a life that isn't even the one we really desire. We pretend to be who we are just for others, just for others' expectations of us. Okay, that right there, you guys, is what makes us feel unfulfilled and unhappy and have that empty, like, gut feeling that we have that that feeling of like you know you're more you know there's more in your life that you know there's something you can do you know that you haven't done that thing yet that you're supposed to do and this is why because you're living your life and i'm saying this generally we're living our lives based on other people's expectations of us so that right there is what makes us feel empty inside and not good enough and not happy enough with our life, okay? I am on a mission to help myself have a better life, fulfilled life, and others. So I hope that you're listening to this right now, and I hope you read a book, this book, okay? So the good news is, right, this is all good news to hear this, because as an adult, we have the choice to make new agreements and guidelines for our own life. When you're a kid, it can be hard because you have to do what the adult says, right? They give you food, they give you shelter, they take care of you, they put food on your body, they put food on your body, actually in your body, they clothe you, 
Um, so you have to follow the agreements and rules. And by the way, you don't even know at the time because you need it. You need the guidance. You need to know what to do. You need to follow the formula. But as we get older and we know better, and I, what I say, what I mean by know better is that we start to see what we think. We don't have to follow the footsteps of our parents or our teachers or our society, sort of our society, because there are some rules like, you know, you're not supposed to speed. There's some things that we should still probably follow just for the safety of others. But generally in life, you can make your own lifestyle rules up. Who says you have to lose weight, right? I mean, if you don't want to lose weight and you feel good in your skin and you love how you look, then don't lose weight. Is it better for your heart and your organs and your body to to be a certain under a certain weight and to not be obese? Yeah, it probably is. But if you don't care, then who says you have to do it, right? We can make the choice of our life. And as adults, and as you know, opening our mind to this and seeing what's been done, we can undo the stuff that we don't want a part of our life anymore. Okay. One of my favorite quotes from the book is, we don't need to dream a nightmare. It is possible to enjoy a pleasant dream. Okay. The author suggests that we're constantly dreaming. We dream when we're awake and when we are asleep. And if you think about it, it makes total sense. We are always in our heads, right? You're constantly having a conversation in your head. Okay. We make up stories and fantasies in our head. Okay, good stuff, bad stuff. We do this when we're awake and we certainly do it when we're asleep. Okay, so many of these dreams are who we want to be. You know, like if you can, during the day, you're like daydreaming. Now, I know sometimes daydreams are a little crazy and you might think weird things and that's fine, but that's part of like who we are. But a lot of times we do daydream about something we really want and we daydream about it a lot because we think it's out of reach. Okay, so that's where the quote comes back. We don't need to dream a nightmare. It is possible to enjoy a pleasant dream. And that dream can become reality. Okay, so in order to uncover your true feelings and your inner soul to achieve happiness and to find your true beauty, these four agreements in the book can help you. These agreements you make with yourself And if you truly follow them, the author promises you will feel more fulfilled and content with your life. And I have to agree. These have been very important to me. A few weeks ago, I did an episode on writing your own personal code of honor. And these agreements were actually an influence when I wrote my own. So if you haven't listened to that episode, um, you can go back and hear that. So I did an episode on inner child healing. And I did one on writing your own personal honor code. Both of those are great if you're somebody who is feeling empty, if you're somebody who needs more fulfillment. Okay, go check those out. And I try to give some like homework assignments with these because if you really do them, um, it can help you. All right. So, all right, let's talk about each of the four agreements. Hang on, I need a sip of water. All right. And because my podcast is just real, I don't cut out drinks of water. (laughs) Just telling you. I just sit down and I record this. In fact, I'm on the fourth take of this one because every time I talked about my mom and dad, I cried. So... This time, I did good. Anyway, okay. All right, so let's talk about each of these four agreements. The first one is be impeccable with your word. 
be impeccable with your word. So, you know, what's that? So let's talk about it for a minute. This one was actually really big for me. At the time of reading this book, I had just been through a business breakup breakup with somebody and I lost some clients and people I thought were my friends during this time. I was feeling so bad. I was feeling terrible and very down. And I think this was the lowest low I've ever felt as an adult. Okay. Besides being depressed (laughs) when I had postpartum depression, this was like different kind of feeling. And I would say terrible things to myself. Like I would talk so poorly to myself. I'm like, I'm a liar. I'm a terrible person. I suck. I'm not even smart. Like why did I let myself get in this situation? I just, I just beat myself up over and over. Okay. And this just made me feel worse. So when I read this book, I had a major aha moment. Okay. The words we use to ourselves and others are very powerful. If you tell yourself you're fat and ugly, you will believe it. And it'll be very difficult to do what you need to do to pull yourself out of that thinking. Okay. If you tell someone you love that they are stupid, right. Or that they, um, won't amount to anything in life, they will probably believe you and keep that feeling deep down. Your words matter. Okay. The words we use need to be true or impeccable. If we get mad and say things we don't really mean, you could potentially be hurting someone else and holding yourself back from your best life. Okay. So to be impeccable with your word means to speak without sin. That means to never use your word against yourself. Don't sin against yourself or others by using sinful words. Instead, remember the power of your words and use them wisely. I remember a time, (laughs) my poor mother, every time I talk, I have so many things and you probably do too from your mom or your parent or, you know, whatever. But so one time I was hanging out with my mom and one of my brothers and my brother at the time was like starting to do really, really well um, with his work and making more money. And he was really, he's super generous and he was helping our mom and Anyway, we were, we were sitting, actually, I remember this so well. We were at, we were in Scottsdale, Arizona at a hotel sitting by the pool, having a beer. And my mom says, I hope that you'll take care of your sister because I'm worried that she'll never be able to make any money with what she does. So please make sure when I'm gone, that you always take care of her. And I'm like, what the fuck, mom? <laughs> like, thanks for the vote of confidence. I mean, it really stuck with me. And at the time I owned um, the studio and I just remember thinking, wow, I guess I'm just a big joke to everyone in my family, the loser of the bunch. Like I'm not the smart one. I totally went into a spiral from that comment because I remember thinking, I remember thinking, wow, like obviously everybody thinks I'm stupid and, you know, I can't do this. And guess what I did? I kept trying to prove them right because I kept making stupid decisions after that. So anyway, I know now when I think back, I I know what my mom meant. She just meant at the time I wasn't doing great and she was worried about me and she didn't want me to be working so hard for not very much money and to not do well. And so I totally get it, but I took it wrong. I took it very harshly. So we must be careful with our words. So think about the words you say to yourself Think about the words you say to the people you love. And this has been a huge lesson for me because my daughter and I, we, since the day she was born, we're, I love her more than 
more than anything. And and she loves me too. We have a great friendship now, but we've always like battled with each other. We've always battled. And I know I've said things that I should have never said to her that I regret so deeply. And I know that we all have as parents and just as humans, we say things that we don't mean. And this just kills me because I'm like, ah, I would never, ever, ever want her to feel like she's not good enough. And, you know, I'm sure I've said some things. So think about the things we say to our loved ones and to yourself. It's just as important what you say to yourself as you do to others. Okay. The second agreement is don't take anything personally. Whew. This is actually a really, really good lesson. It's so amazing. And this, this one has, you know, made a huge impact in my life, but I also, it's one I have to work on really, really hard. Okay. Nothing others do is because of you. Even when you think someone is doing or saying something to hurt you, it's really about them. Think about that. Anything anyone ever does is somehow serving themselves, right? Others act based on their own reality and their own agreements they have with themselves. When you no longer accept others' opinions and actions, you won't need to feel hurt or any type of suffering because you'll know it's not you. It's not about you. It's them. It's like the old saying, you know, when people break up, it's not you, it's me. (laughs) Well, it's actually a really good statement and true most of the time. For a long time, I would totally get my feelings hurt because someone would not like my workout or not like the music I played in a class or would stop training with me. I was making it about myself, not really understanding it wasn't about me. We cannot make everyone happy. So we must move forward in life and in the things we enjoy doing and just do the best we can at the moment. Others will do what they please and it's okay. Once I really like really let this sink in, I can say that I have felt so much less stress in my life. I no longer feel like I need to be something to everyone because no matter what I do, someone will not be happy and that's a them problem, not mine. And so think to yourself when somebody says something hurtful or somebody um, acts a certain way, or even like bad drivers, you know, like cutting in front of you. It's not about you. It's about them, right? People do stuff to serve themselves, even if it's a bad thing. We do things because in some manner, we're getting something out of it. So hurting someone else might make you feel better, or someone else hurting you might make them feel better. So do you see what I'm saying here? So it's important to not take anything personal. Always stop and think, huh, it's about them. I promise you, you'll feel better. Okay. The third one is don't make assumptions. This is another really good one. We all make assumptions about everything. And the bad part is that we believe them. We've all heard the term when you assume you make an ass of you and me. Well, it's kind of true. We can't know what other people are thinking, so we can't assume we know why they do certain actions. We make stuff up based on our knowledge and what we believe, not fact. Okay, then we may do or say something in response and create a bigger drama than is necessary. It's crazy. And I do it. I still, I'm doing way better about it, but we do it. And I even talk to people that, you know, people I love, you know, family or friends, and I can hear them. I have one friend that does it a lot and she'll be like talking, talking, and then she'll be like, well, I'm sure they're this and blah, blah, they think this and blah, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You don't know that. You're making all that up in your head. You're making assumptions, which is making you feel terrible. 
Okay. So just the other day, I made an assumption about something that was not true at all. I've been having some issues with my heart rate while teaching my cycle class. So I recently went to get my pacemaker software updated, which is so weird, by the way. But so when I started to feel bad in class after this appointment, I assumed there's the word it was because the doctor adjusted some settings. So I've been thinking and saying not nice things about the doctor, right? I was frustrated and slightly in pain. So I wanted to blame someone else for my suffering. This led to led me to making assumptions. And then this made me use negative words to make the situation worse. Okay. So anyway, I'm sure you as a listener can think of many times where you assumed something. Okay. Oh, by the way, my pacemaker thing. The adjustments that were made on my pacemaker have no impact on what my heart rate is doing. So maybe I, they suggest maybe I'm like sick or maybe I have a bug and I just didn't know it or maybe I'm just extra tired. Like there, there's no like data or anything showing that how I feel is actually from the pacemaker changes. So here I was making these assumptions. They're actually based on you know, some factual things that happened, but they're wrong. And so it was wrong for me to be talking, you know, badly about this doctor who actually at the end of the day really had nothing to do with how I was feeling. So anyway, so anyway, think of how many times you've assumed something. Okay. I see a lot with couples, right? The wife assumes the husband forgets her birthday, but really they're planning a surprise party later in the day. Okay, they don't forget. They're trying to make it a big surprise later. Or one of my clients assumed I would want her to weigh every day, even though she didn't want to. And by the way, I never tell people to weigh every day. And I never said that to her, even thought about it. That was totally her assumption. And she hated it. She was miserable because every single day she had to get on the scale and see a number she didn't want to see. But we never even talked about it. She just assumed because I'm a fitness, nutrition, health coach that I would want to know what she weighed every day. And I didn't. Okay, that was an assumption on her part. So anyway, the author of the book suggests that we all make one big assumption that everyone else thinks like us. Okay, and this is the reason we all have a fear of being ourselves, because we are afraid everyone else will judge us and think little of us, as little of us as we feel or think about ourselves. Okay, thus proving our not good enoughness. Is, is that a word? Enoughness? <laughs> okay. And this means you're rejecting yourself before anyone else can even think about rejecting you. Okay. So let that sink in for a minute. Okay. The big assumption that most humans make is that everyone else thinks like us. And this is the reason we all have a fear of being ourselves because we are afraid everyone else will judge us and think as little of us as we feel or think about ourselves. Okay, which proves our not good enoughness. Okay, it proves that you're not good. So by assuming everyone thinks the same about you as you think about you, you're just creating more suffering in your life because you probably feel worse about how you look than anyone else around you. You know, recently I talked about my forehead wrinkles and I had so many people say to me, I've never noticed your forehead wrinkles. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I hate it. So I just assumed everybody was staring at my forehead wrinkles when I was doing a video. I assumed, not right. And if you did, that's okay. <laughs> but I'm just saying. All right. The fourth agreement is always do your best. And I really love this one. 
this agreement ensures or helps you practice the other three agreements, okay? When you are always doing your best, no matter what it is, you won't be able to judge yourself or feel like you've let anyone or yourself down. One day, your best might look a lot different than other days, okay? Sometimes we're tired. Sometimes we're sick. Sometimes we're super motivated, Okay, but striving to do your best in all situations is going to help you feel more confident and proud. If you know you're capable of much more, you, you know, but don't try, okay, or you don't act as your best self, it feels bad. It makes you feel disappointed. So I was talking earlier about um, the very, the first agreement, I was saying how at the time I had been through a business breakthrough, I can't talk, breakup, and how I had lost some friends and clients over it. And I think the reason I felt really, really terrible is because I didn't do my best. I didn't act like my best self. And it was so disappointing because I went against my own beliefs and feelings. And I was saying things and doing things that really wasn't within my integrity. And it made me feel terrible. And that's why I felt so bad. Okay. So always doing your best is going to make you truly feel your best. So the author suggests that when you're doing your best, You take action and you take action that you enjoy for no reward. For example, many people do their best at work because they're only thinking about the paycheck. So when Friday and Saturday come, they can't wait to be away from work and most likely will spend the weekend drinking alcohol, sleeping in late and abusing their body just to escape from their misery, to numb the misery of the job that they hate doing just because they're looking for a paycheck. So when we do our true best, we take action that feels good and right and aligns with our souls. And when we do what we love and think how we want to think, it's much easier to use our words impeccably, not take things personally, and to not make assumptions. So like I said, the book has a lot more to it, okay? But that is a quick glimpse into it. And I really I really enjoyed it. And it's so easy and quick to read. I promise if you order it, you could read it over the holiday break. And just to start off, you know, your next year, 2023, on the right foot, okay? So like I said earlier, I'll go ahead and put the show, um, a link to Amazon in the show notes. And I'm not like, by the way, like getting anything from this. I just really like it and want you to read it. Um because I just truly hope it'll make the same impact on you as it did for me. And if you don't want to read it and you just hear this podcast and that's enough, then that's cool too. But let me know, all right? I got to tell you, I'm feeling so fulfilled right now because I've been getting messages from people. Um, Somebody sent me a picture of their homework from the last podcast. She actually did the homework, took a picture of it and sent it to me. And it made me feel so amazing. And so many of you have reached out saying how this podcast has really made a huge difference in your life. And I I can't tell you how happy that makes me feel. And so I, I just want to invite you again, if you would like to, you know, if the, if the podcast is really helping you, imagine what it ha- how I could help you like being your coach. Okay. So whether you want one-on-one or I have a 12-week program that I'm actually getting ready to change again and I'm super excited. It's going to become a little bit longer program and I have another program coming out. But also I have Club BFF, which is a great way to be a part of my community, to get my help, to get personal help from me, but at a rate that is much more affordable than working with me one-on-one. So if you're interested in that, please check it out. I'm keeping my special pricing, you know, through the end of the year. So this would be an amazing time to get in early. Check it out. If it's for you, awesome. If it's not, hey, that's okay too, because I'm not taking it personally. (laughs) 
Okay. So anyway, I hope that you'll check it out. And I will be catching you next week. And next week after this one comes out. So if you're listening to it live, it'll be right after my birthday. So I'm going to give you some tips about aging (laughs) from my perspective. All right. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning into the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. And if you are looking for a crew of amazing women who are also seeking a balanced, fit, and free lifestyle, be sure to join my exclusive community on Facebook. The link is waiting for you in the show notes. Until next time, keep your thoughts positive and your coffee hot. Hot.